Katie Bachman, Creative Director from Shore Christian Church. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy the sermon from the Jesus Speaks series. To watch more sermons like this, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we have some Giants fans. I, I, I thought, we're, Al, give me the, the footballs, the footballs, please, Al. I need the footballs. Um, I, I have some footballs I want to throw out. Um, I, I, went, I went last night to Kmart, and um, they were all out of Steelers footballs because there was some kind of holdout going on with the Steelers footballs. Uh, Patriots, any Patriots fans? I was going to have some Patriot footballs to th- throw out, but they were a little too flat. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Cheaters. Cheaters never prosper unless you're the New England Patriots. Uh, oop, Giants. Oop, let, me, let me see. All right. We got up, up top. All right. Let's see. Let's see how we got. We, all right. All right. We got Phil. All right. We got. All right. Now this is a Jets football. Jets football. We got, we got short. Nobody, nobody want, over there. Who? Come on. Jets fans. We're one and no. You should be like, yeah, I'm a Jets fan. Throw me the ball, pastor. Who's got it right here? Nice grab. All right. All right, who else? One in the back. I see a hand. I don't see a face. I see a hand. I'm just going to throw it to the hand. Let me see. Oh, man. Who was that? I don't even know who that is. Uh, so this morning, we have uh, Football Sunday, and, and I'm going to call this, uh, this sermon, I'm going to call it Huddle Up. Huddle Up. Acts chapter 2 and uh, verse... Let's start in verse, uh, verse 1. I'm going to cut my sermon short this morning. Who's pumped about that? Don't say amen. <laughs> All right, verse 1. Uh, and uh, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in a huddle. doesn't say that. It actually says in one place, but I'm just kind of adding. In, in a huddle, we'll say for this morning's sermon. They were all in a huddle together, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent rushing wind came from the heavens and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that scripture right there is the birth of the New Testament church, the, the, the birth of the church that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 18 when he said, I will build my church. This is the church. This is the first service that the church ever had, and it came when the disciples were all in a huddle together. And, and I believe that if, if Jesus came here this morning, and we're in a, a series called Jesus Speaks. Hey, what's up, guys? All the way from California, the Luchis. Good to see you guys. Uh, that's right. Inside, inside joke. Uh, this is what Jesus w- would say, I believe. If he say, he'd get us all in a, so everybody kind of lean in like we're in a huddle, kind of lean in a little bit. Everybody, yeah, the, the people that aren't participating, they're just bitter, you know. It's, it's okay. They're they, full of pride. Uh, you know, like le- lean in, and Jesus would say, number one, who in the world thought it would be a good idea to bring fanny packs back? We need to burn every single one of those, fire that person. He'd say, number two, the Cowboys are not America's team. And then he would say, number three, Christianity is a team sport. 
If you want to follow Jesus, it is a team sport. And the first thing that Jesus did when he wanted to to, to spread the gospel, spread the good news, he said in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says he called his 12 disciples to him. He, he began picking his team. He, he began saying, I, I want you and you. Anyone remember gym class back in the day, kickball? Who, who was picked last in kickball? <laughs> and you're proud of it. I like it. You just got over that real quick. Like, it's okay. I don't want to be on your team. And, and that's kind of what happened because Jesus picked all of the players released on waivers, all the undrafted players. He said, I want to roll with the B team because the B team becomes the bomb squad when you're rolling with Jesus. And he wanted to be able to show that, hey, I don't need the top of the line. I could use anybody who is a willing vessel. And so, so Jesus went around picking just random dudes that made no sense. He picked tax collectors. He picked, he picked fishermen, the blue-collar guys. He picked people that were looked over by so many people because Jesus knew that when you build a team, you got to build it sometimes in pieces. And when you're building your, your dream and your vision for your life, a lot of times it doesn't happen overnight. It comes in pieces. It comes in stages. It doesn't show up as a finished product all at once. It comes little by little. But that's why you got to have the right perspective. And that's why a lot of times you have to see the future potential and not just the past performance. Because that's how Jesus sees you. He sees you and he calls you not based on your past performance, but he calls you based on your future potential. And somebody sent this to me this week, and I, I thought it was really interesting. I never read anything like this before. And uh, it, it was uh, uh, a uh, study done by uh, somebody who, if Jesus was consulting a group today about picking his team, what would they say to Jesus? And so I just want to read this to you right now. It's from the Jordan Management Consultants Group. Anybody heard of them before? They don't exist. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have taken our battery of tests and have, we have not only run the tests through our computer, but we have also arranged personal interviews for each of your disciples with our psychologists and vocation aptitude consultants. The profiles of all these tests are included, and you can look through them carefully as you wish, Jesus. As part of our service, we make some general comments for your guidance much as an auditor will include some general statements. This is given as a result of the staff consultation and that comes without any additional fee, Jesus. Appreciate that. Gets the 10% discount. Church joke, but nobody really, okay. Uh, it is the staff opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise that you are trying to build, Jesus. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for people of experience in managerial abilities and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that will tend to undermine the morale of your company. We feel that it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Business 
Bureau Associates, James, the, the son of Anthadius, they definitely have radical leanings. They both registered high on the manic depressive scale. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness. He meets people well. He has a keen business sense and has contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All of the other profiles are self-explanatory. Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't build his team the way the world builds their team. I'm so glad that, that the Bible says that he chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And I don't mind being a fool for Jesus. I don't mind admitting that the only reason that I have a place on his team, that I have a spot on the bench, is because his grace and mercy lifted me up. That he chose me, and when he chose me, I was unqualified. But the fact that he chose me is the reason that I am qualified, because he will always fill in the gaps that I lack if I could see the potential that he has placed inside of me. This wasn't in my notes, but I just want to share it with you guys. There was a time when the disciples were, were, were hungry. They were starving, and they began saying to, to Jesus, where is the bread? Where, we're, we're hungry. Show us the bread that, that you gave the Israelites in the wilderness. And Jesus looked at him and said this, do you not remember the 5,000 where I fed them with five loaves and two fish? Do you not remember the 4,000 that I fed with seven loaves? When you are sitting next to the bread, you will never go hungry. But when you have a perspective that always focuses on what is missing in your life, you will miss the potential that God has placed inside of you. And the fact of the matter is it's about who you're rolling with that fills in the gaps that you may be missing. So whatever you're missing this morning, don't focus on that. Focus on the potential that you have inside of you. <laughs> Judah and Lily started soccer this week. And Judah's never played soccer before. So I didn't know what to expect. And so uh, Judah went to his first scrimmage. They had a scrimmage. And uh, the, the poor little guy, everybody else had been playing, like, traveling soccer. These, like, wall kids, they're crazy. The, the parents, like, have them playing, like, out of the womb. Like, come on, folks, you're going to burn those kids out. But we wait, we wait. So he's seven years old, we have him playing soccer. And so I asked Diamond, how did he do? And Diamond said to me, oh, my gosh, he was amazing. You know, he was so much better than I thought. Low expectations. And... <laughs> And so, and so Judah, Diamond was telling me, he, he was aggressive, he was kicking the ball, he was running, and then Diamond goes to me, and he scored a goal. It's like, that's amazing. It's like, tell me about it. She's like, well, it wasn't, it was actually in the wrong goal, but he scored a goal. And, and some people may say, that's terrible. What a failure. Not me. I say, how about the potential? If he ever figures out what team he's playing for or what way he's supposed to be going. And I said that to somebody this morning, that if you ever figure out what team you're supposed to be playing for, 
Because you may have been going the wrong direction for a long time and people may look at you and say, you're a failure, you're not worth the time because they'll just write you off. But Jesus doesn't write people off, he writes people in. And if you could ever figure out who you were created to play for, you have so much potential, you're a superstar sinner, but if you could turn around and begin going the right direction, you have so much potential to score goals for the kingdom of God, you don't even know what's in you. You gotta start going the right way and the best is yet to come. That's for somebody who's trying to unqualify yourself because you've been going the wrong way for a long time. You probably have more potential than anyone in this church this morning. In 2009, the NBA had one of the richest draft classes in the history of the NBA. And there was one player in particular that got passed over by many, many different teams. And this, this happens every now and again. And, and sometimes we can't see our potential because we always focus on what's missing in our life, something I struggle with. You know, I, I always struggle with what I forgot to say in a, in a Sunday sermon and sometimes what I did say. And I go home questioning, was that the right thing to do? Because sometimes I focus and you focus on what's missing rather than what you have and what God is using in your life. And they, they found this, this scouting report on one of the players that was looked over. And, and I just wanted to read it to you guys. Um, it was listing this player's perceived weaknesses. What, what weaknesses would be listed if somebody drew up a scouting report on you? <laughs> would you even want to read it? <laughs> I wouldn't. Not a true point guard is what they said. Out of control at times. Shot selection is terrible. Stuck between a point guard and a shooting guard. Ability to defend position at the next level is questionable. Bad lateral quickness. Versatility to defend multiple positions is not good. He has a limited upside. Backup and fringe starter at best. College system makes him difficult to evaluate. Average athleticism, average size, average wingspan, frail frame, relies too heavily on outside shots. But Steph Curry has done pretty good in the NBA, winning two MVPs and three NBA championships. I hope they fired that scout. Some of you, you need to fire your scout. You need to fire yourself in a lot of ways because you are putting so much of an emphasis on what you don't have that you miss the potential that God has placed inside of you. You need to fire those scouts, Moses, 10, 10 scouts telling them there's no way that we could conquer this land. There's no way that we could go into the place that God has called us to go in. It's impossible. They're too big. And Moses believed the scouts that told him the bad report. But there was two scouts that said that land is ripe for the taking. Uh, there are grapes in that land. There is potential in that land. And you know what? Sometimes it's the minority, but sometimes you need to listen to the minority when it lines up with God's word and what God has placed inside of you. And the, the, the GM of the uh, Warriors said this. They asked him, how did you see something in Steph Curry that nobody else saw? And this is what he said. He said, we, we chose to see Steph Curry's strengths, and he was a tremendous worker and loves the game. Because of that, he has improved every single year. 
And if you liked him then, you saw a glimpse of what he could be. I want you to know Jesus likes you. I know that's hard for some of us to understand because we see our weaknesses and our flaws, but Jesus likes you. And if you understand that Jesus likes you, then you could begin to understand that Jesus can use you. In spite of where you've been, in spite of where you are right now, he likes you and he wants to use you. And he's not trying to make a project out of you. He's trying to take you through a process. And a lot of you, you're very good at projects because, because projects have an end date. But the process that God wants to take you through does not have an end date. It's kind of like giving birth to a kid. Anyone ever done that one before? Woo! I, I mean, you, you pray, God, give me a baby. I want a baby. And then the baby gets there. Guess what? The project's not over yet. Because it's a process. It's a pro they, they walk. It's a process. They eat, they talk, they go, it's a process. They're a teenager, it's a process. They're going their way to college, it's a process. They're still living with you when you're 25 years old, 30 years old, it's a process. I live with my parents till I was, you know, so it's all good, I could say that. But you need to embrace God's process and realize that your job is obedience and the results are his job. That's, that's my introduction. And now I'm ready to preach my sermon. Who's ready? The early church was birthed out of this concept of small groups. And I, I thought about how Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, he said, when he called the 12 disciples, he gave them authority. Because when he calls you, he gives you authority. And then as the early church was being birthed, how, how did it explode so quickly? How did it go from 12 to 3,000 to 30,000 to 300,000 to 3 million to you, whatever you want to you put a number on? How did it explode so rapidly? I believe this is the key. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 46. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple court. That's what we're doing right now. You know, we're, we're, we're coming on Sunday. We're getting fed. We're getting empowered. We're getting God's word for the week. But, but we can't stop there. They, they met in the temple courts. They heard the apostles teaching and the apostles preaching. And they began to hear the gospel. But they didn't stop there. So they don't stop there. And then they began to break bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers every single day. How did the church explode? They got a hold of these two principles. They got together like we're getting together on a Sunday morning, giving thanks and admiration to the Lord. But you will not reach your full spiritual potential unless you get the second part of that scripture. They met together in homes and broke bread together and prayed for one another in small groups, in a, in a team of 11 or a team of, of 12, because that is where more spiritual growth happens than even on a Sunday morning when you're hearing a sermon and, and getting goose pimples and, and worshiping God corporately. The real growth happens during the week 
when you're be able to get together with some brothers and some sisters and be able to pray for one another, encourage one another, share praise reports with one another, share what you're going through with one another, and be able to lift each other up. And, and that is where you can reach your full spiritual potential. And if it was true back then, the same thing is true today. And so it's the fall. I, anyone get anxiety when the fall comes? I, I do. I, I'm like looking at my, my schedule right now, and I'm breaking into like a cold sweat just thinking about it. Like, like soccer practice, dance practice, uh, you know, back to school, got a plan for the end of the year, like, like working out, hot yoga, you know, like all these different things. Do you think I should try it? No? No? And, and a lot of times, and, and if you're the way I am, the fall is, is when all of a sudden it just hits me like there's only four more months left until the end of the year. I got to cram all this stuff in. And a lot of times the first thing to go when we have added pressure, when our schedule gets crazy, when the pressures of the world start to creep in on us, the first thing to go is our spiritual growth, is meeting corporately here on a Sunday morning, meeting in a small group with friends during the week, praying together. When that's the time, there should be more of an emphasis on it than ever before. I mean, the, the more busy you get, the more of a priority you need to make on growing and taking care of your soul. Because a healthy soul will carry you through pressures. An unhealthy soul will burst every time pressure comes in your life. And you know what's funny? We, we never learn sometimes, do we? We never learn. We have exploded and imploded so many times in our past, and we are still today doing the same thing. When the pressure's on and our schedule gets packed, the first thing to go is God. The first thing that to go is our priority to meet corporately and pray together in a small group with friends. Why is that? I guess it's the same reason why. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to tell an adolescent uh, how to live and what to do and what not to do when you're no longer an adolescent anymore because you're outside of the picture. When you're in the picture, when you're in the frame, when you're in the chaos, you don't make the right decisions. And, and so my priority this morning is number one, get everybody to commit to making this a place in your schedule until the end of the year. That on Sunday mornings, I'm gonna be in the house of the Lord. I'm going to make sure that this is part of my weekly routine. I can't live without it. I need it. Well, pastor, you know, sometimes I just like to, to stay home and, and watch YouTube videos of Joel Olstein. So do I do that on Friday. Joel Olstein's not going to visit you in the hospital. Joel Olstein's not going to be praying for you when you need a word. Joel Olstein's not going to lay hands on you through that, 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 that computer screen or whatever. That, that's, that, that, that's a piece, but so is this. And a lot of people think that church hopping is the way to go, and it is until you say, this is the place that God has called me to be. And when God says, this is the church, you need to sit your fanny in that chair and say, this is the church that God has called me to, to hear from God and to serve in and to be a part of fellowship with brothers and sisters. You're not going to grow, and you, we need each other. We need to be able, and, and, and what, what we do at this church, we have... We have something we call life groups. They're small groups, and, and we, we have different ones for, for people in different stages of life. We have some for, for all men, all women, uh, one with, with married couples, one for, for, for seasoned people. 
Is that the best word? Wise people, wisdom group. You know, we have one for, for, for millennials, 20-somethings. We, we have some for, or, uh, that want a, a Bible teaching verse-by-verse verse Bible class. We have so many different life groups. And, and what is it? What do we do? We just get together and we pray for each other. We share praise reports. We, we eat together. We meet in coffee shops. We meet in people's homes. And we lift each other up because you cannot grow spiritually on your own. We is always greater than me. Working out, I need accountability. I need a partner. I I need someone to be able to push me because I can't do this on my own. I can't grow on my own. The same is true in your marriage. We is better than me. The same is true if you're building a business. We is greater than me. And the same is true with your spiritual growth. We is greater than me. You will always be able to grow more if you have a we-focus rather than just a me-focus. And I know that we live in a me-centered world where it's all about me, it's all about the YOLO life, it's all about what I can get out of it, I gotta do me, I gotta be me, but you know what? You, you can only do you and be you for so long You're, until you need some brothers and sisters to be able to help you and grow you and lift you up when you fall because one of the wisest mans in the world in the book of Ecclesiastes says, he says, woe to somebody who falls and has nobody to pick them up. Two is always better than one. Why is that? Because we protects me. We protects me. You want, a, you want a football analogy? Because if you're a quarterback, you can't see the whole field. You can't see your blind side. And some of you, you got a blind side. And you, sometimes you don't even see what's coming. Other people can see what's coming, but you can't see what, what's coming because you're so fit, focused on up the field that you don't see that lineman that's about to sack you from behind. And uh, to, to illustrate that, uh, there was a movie called The Blind Side. Anyone ever seen it before? Um, and so I, I just want to show a quick uh, clip where Sandra Bullock breaks down what The Blind Side is. Joe Theismann never played another football game Again, anyone remember that Sunday when that happened? He never saw it coming. Never saw LT coming on his backside. And every single one of you at some point in your life, you're going to be blindsided. You're going to get an email that you never expected. You're going to go to the the doctor. And I don't wish this on anybody, but you're going to go to the doctor. And you're going to, cancer? What? I'm healthy. What? And, And... I, I thought our marriage was, was great, and you're having an affair? I, I mean, I thought we did a great job raising our kids, and now I'm finding out they're, they're taking drugs, they're, they're using heroin. I, I, I mean, just blindsided. Every single one of us will go through a blindside where we never saw this coming. And besides your immediate family, you're going to need a brother or a sister in this church. We're all here for each other. We're all here, yes, to get fed spiritually, but we're also here to help other people up when they get hit in their blind side. We're going to need each other in those moments because if you don't have anybody to help you up, and I know some of you, you, you have people who care for you greatly, but you need people that are willing to pray with you. 
You, sometimes you need a group of people that are outside of your family to be able to open up to and share what you're going through. Trusted people, you need that. We need that. I need that because we protect me. I thought about also how when you isolate yourself, you form bad habits. That, that when you go off on your own, it's so easy to develop incorrect habits. When I was uh, playing baseball, I remember I was trying to go through a, a swing renovation and change my swing. And I was working with this coach. His name was Louis Lopez. And uh, I was working with Louis, and he was working on my swing, and, and we were doing all these drills. And I, I, I asked him, I said, I said what, what do you want me to do when I go home? I have a tee at home. You want me to practice? He said, don't practice. Don't practice unless I'm right here with you. I said, why? why? I've never heard that before. I always heard that practice makes perfect, coach. And he said, no, practice makes permanent. And if you are practicing the wrong technique, the wrong things, that is going to become permanent in your life. And some of you, if you are practicing and doing things isolated on your own, you may be practicing the wrong things, grooving in the wrong habit in your life. That's why we need each other to hold each other accountable. There's an incredible testimony. I'm almost done. I got like five more minutes left. Um, he's not here today. Uh, Tony Bello. Uh, one of my heroes, Tony Bello, uh, he runs our food truck for the Dream Center. He's in charge of our security team. He also runs a life group along with my mom, the senior group. And Tony, about five or six years ago, he went through multiple blind sides. He, he, he got, got hit with his, his grandson uh, passing away. He, he got hit with uh, open heart surgery. He got hit with cancer in his, in his eye. He got hit with all of these, these different things came out of nowhere, blind sides. I mean, these are real issues that we all face. This is one of our brothers who went through that. And he, he always will tell me that when he woke up from open heart surgery, the first face that he saw was not anyone from his family. It wasn't Kathy, but it was Ron Betlow right there with a Wawa coffee in his hand. And he said, that image let me know that, man, there is so much hope that there is somebody from my life group that is willing to be by my bedside when I go through open heart surgery. That gave me so much hope and so much encouragement to be able to go through the rehab because I was connected to some people in my church that were willing to go to the hospital when I was having open heart surgery. Satan wants to isolate us and sift us where we stay away from other brothers and sisters when we go through trying times. It's a time you need to press in more than ever. I'm not trying to tell you to do anything. I'm, I'm not doing. I'm, I'm in a life group. I run a life group uh, the first and third Thursday of every single month. Uh, it's, it's for adults. And, and we have different life group leaders. Do we have the, uh, the pictures, Johnny? Thumbs up or thumbs down? All right, that's a thumbs down. Uh, where are all my, my life group leaders? If you just stand up right now. We have some that are already in the back. And uh, if, if, you guys, if you guys could just make your way uh, up, to, up to the lobby. Uh, what we're going to do before we uh, close is we, we have all of our life group leaders that are going to be up in the lobby. And uh, they're going to be able to answer any questions that you may have about uh, what that life group is about when they meet. 
there may be some people that I'm going to have uh, up there that are already part of a life group. And if you want to ask any questions, uh, please go ahead. But we have to get this we focus going into this new season that we're in to be able to make it a priority, to meet with each other, be able to have coffee with each other, pray for each other, uh, is so important as we go through blindsided hits so often. That's my, la- my last point. In football, before they could snap the ball, everybody has to be set. Anyone ever get ticked off at your team for a false start? I have the Brickishaw Ferguson, what are you doing? You know, false start, five-yard penalty, because, because a false start is, is when you're not set properly. You got you to be set. Before you, you, you go, before they say, uh, go on a race, before you can start running, they, they always say, ready, get set, go. But before you can go, you have to get set. You have to get set. So many people just want to go. I want to do my own thing. I want, it's just me and Jesus. I want to, I want to go. But if, if you want to be obedient to the teachings of Jesus and understand how he built his church, the same principles that were true 2,000 years ago are true today, you have to get set. Get set. If, you, if you're looking for a church and, and your church hopping and you're not sure yet, that's good. Find, find the right church for you. But when you do, get set. Get set in that church. Because only from that position can God send you. Get set and go. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, that, that you will never leave us nor forsake us that you are with us in dark places. That, yeah, there will be times when we are alone and you will comfort us in those times. But God, you do your greatest work through broken vessels like us. And God, I pray for for everyone in here, Lord God, that they'll, they'll pray about this. How can I be connected? How can I go through this growth experience? And God, I pray, Father, that they'll consider this, consider, you know, being a part of a life group. I pray, Father, that they'll make it a priority this this fall, that Sunday mornings I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. I'm going to be here with my family because we is always greater than me, that we are better together. And I know that that could be scary for so many people that have been let down by by others so often. They've been hurt by the church. They've been hurt by people in the church. They, they've seen the, 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 the bad side of hypocrisy within a church. And, and we don't deny that. We don't deny that, that we are imperfect, that, that we are never going to be able to, to be perfect, that we have flaws, every one of us. But that doesn't change the fact that you are going to build your church, Lord God. It doesn't change the fact that The local church is part of your master plan, God. And I pray, Father, that you will be able to give us strength to to trust again, God. To be able to trust others again, Father God. Anyone in here who has been hurt by the church, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus 
that you will begin to heal their wounds, Father God. You will be able to heal the wounds where they have been let down and where other people have fallen short, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you'll give them the courage to trust again, Father God. I pray that you'll give them the courage to pursue after a relationship with you again, Father God. I pray, Lord, that this morning that we will begin to look at our potential and that's what, what's missing in our life, Lord God. That maybe there's someone in here who isn't going through a blind side, that, that things are pretty good for you in your life right now. Well, you know what? There may be someone in your row that is struggling and they need you to be the one to lift them up during this season. And they won't be able to get up unless you get moving. That God wants to use you in a life group, in a small group, to be able to lift up others during this time. Because I know things may be going good for you now, but there's always a time where you will be blindsided. And woe to anyone who falls and has no one to pick them up. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from our Jesus Speaks series. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get instant updates on when we are posting new sermons. And also, if you want to contribute to this ministry financially so that we can get these sermons out more and to more people, uh, you can do so at our website, shorechristian.org. Thank you.